Hey everyone, welcome back to Real Talk NFT, where we talk all things Web3. Today, I'm joined with Gokche Guvan, CEO of Calder, a Web3 platform that helps brands and creators drive meaningful engagement. Welcome. Thank you, Joe. It's great to be here. Awesome, awesome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your Web3 inspirations. Yeah, definitely. So I have been in the Web3 space since 2019, working in the different layers of the stack. Uh, I started my journey at Celo, which is a layer one solution and was part of the early team that spinned out the first MetaMask competitor like Consumer Wallet Valora mm -hmm. and uh, was part like uh, being part of the early team uh, and being originally from Turkey. I have been obsessed with the idea of how do we bring blockchain applications to mass consumers for the next decades to come. And it's like economical applications, like creator economy applications and in many layers. And then I spent a lot of time in early ages of Robin Crypto, where I met my co-founder, Kevin, at the time. And lastly, where Calder's idea was born, I was at early team of OpenSea. Uh, building the backbone of NFTs, profiles mm. that you use today, day to day. And uh, met with the team like like early on, like early ages through like CryptoKitties ecosystems, as we all know, and have been like a pro like um, a supporter of NFTs, like the infrastructure as identity levels and for like creator and ownership, ownership economy since then. But, um, and now I am the co-founder and CEO of Calder. We build the shared infrastructure for interactive and interoperable brand loyalty, where in the future you can spend your rewards and claim your rewards across many brands while completing contributes or quests in a fully white labeled format. So Calder is very much in the back with memberships and everything, but we power your day-to-day -day favorite brands. And that's where we are. Wow, what a journey. Tell us, <laughs> what, what was like the aha moment where, you know, you weren't, a lot of people are confused by crypto. They don't want to touch it. Yeah. How were you inspired to join the space earlier on than even yeah. when NFTs boomed? Yeah, that's a great question. I think my first like uh, inspiration was when I was moving from Turkey to US. And as you all know, international payments and remittances are mm. still one of the biggest pain points in our ecosystem. And I started questioning the fundamentals of like, uh, essentially money and currency and started reading the book through one of my friends through Cello Sacred Economics by Charles Eisenstein. And there I learned like shells were the first concept of money. And essentially money is just a concept like we just reach into consensus of mm -hmm. thinking that it has value. And isn't that everything? Like we just basically reached to a consensus on what we value. And that was like a fascinating philosophical idea for me. <laughs> and at the time, uh, like I was at the right place and the right time. I would say I was part of blockchain at Berkeley. Everyone around me was building companies and it was like right coming out of the ICO, uh. ICO boom. And I knew there and then, I want to build the future of the internet and I want to be part of where the future of economy and like ownership will go. And that I am part of the user to this product where as someone who was like, like remitting and remitting like money and like exchanging like currencies, I could see the future of how my day to day is changing too. And everything clicked for me then. And Cello was the best project to join because 
with this like prominent vision of banking the underbanked and like basically bringing this prosperity economy at the time I learned a lot there. And then, of course, it had a cascading effect. Then one of my friends from Blockchain at Berkeley sent me for my first NFT because he was at Dapper. Oh. And then, like, it was CryptoKitties. And at the time, everyone's like, what is this collectible? <laughs> and it's like 100 people of group really became my core friends. Where, And side note, at the time, I was doing generative art. So it was, like, really intersectional to me then where like where the applications of nfts as an infrastructure can go and since then like uh, the rest is history where like i definitely bounced there and then but like it has always been the question of how do we build the right use cases with blockchain as an infrastructure where everything is hidden and that's what calder does too like i think tying back to like the things i have seen as a user to crypto too crypto is really intimidating we have been through a lot as an industry but I think the future cycle we're expecting will be where the users don't even know they are like making on-chain calls, but mm-hmm. are just like using like uh, blockchain just because it's like the right infrastructure to use in that app. Wow, that's a journey and a lot to unpack there because I relate yeah. to a lot of that because for those that don't know Berkeley, when you're mentioning Berkeley, you see Berkeley, I assume. Yes. It's, a, it's the number one college publicly at least in the state of california and Mm -hmm. it's sort of like a bubble sorry being in silicon valley and having the the connections that you did because outside of i would say silicon valley most people would probably think that you're crazy for entering into crypto at the end of the bull cycle right we had a three-year downturn and you're going through your second one now (laughs) i mean uh, we're all going through it now Yeah, so you've been through two of those. So you must learn, have learned a lot from that to apply to the second stage or the second cycle that we're going through. And what are your thoughts on that building during those phases with OpenSea? I mean, it must have been really exciting because, you know, you saw the fruition of what happened with NFTs in uh, 2021, you know, know, where the Super Bowl market was for NFTs. And, and, and hopefully we're coming back to that stage, you know, um, next yeah. and with Calder leading the way in the next iteration of yeah. that. Uh, um, so you must you must be excited for what's to come because you've been through, you know, the pain points of it. Definitely. So I think there's a couple principles I have learned, which is like very interesting because like um, a lot like we talk about like the new cycle a lot. I think these days and like we do have people in our team that are just like kind of facing a cycle and like <laughs> Of cycles and yes like i joined right after like ico craze mm. but like, what i see like that is happening in both cycles is like in the higher level as a principle um essentially like bear markets are a great time to build and everyone would say that you will see this on twitter but what this really means is bull cycles are full of wrong signals so since crypto is a lucrative market you will see a lot of projects coming out in bull cycles and um, essentially getting like quote unquote traction, but with bots or with engagement or with like traction because it's an interesting technology. But if you're building in bear market, whatever traction you have, it's real. Like those customers or consumers, if they believe in you at your lowest, they're probably going to be there transacting more and like bringing more customers in the bull cycle. So I think bear markets is a great time to be an early stage startup, build the next hypothesis, not like the past hypothesis, and be able to like build the future. 
And yeah. like, how did we see this in 2018? Like in 2018 or 2019 cycle, we have seen the giants come up, like the, like the crypto giants, as we know today, like Compound grew so much more, like built the DeFi hypothesis, OpenSea grew mm-hmm. to build the NFT hypothesis, and Gauntlet grew like like from their early like raising stages to build the financial modeling and the future of like essentially like tokenomics, like modeling, like hypothesis. And those startups were like raising in very small multiples at the time. And now like we are seeing it all happen again. And it's not really surprising because I think it's very like it's a pruning effect. But I think in the next four years, we're not going to see an NFT marketplace come up. We're going to see like the identity layer, data layer and like like our hypothesis, retention, marketing and loyalty layer come out of the cycle. And uh, of course, it's very tough conditions, but it's great time to build. Yeah, definitely more avenues, I would say, now versus yeah. back then when it was just, you know, tokenomics with yeah. ICOs and whatnot, more application layers. And it's hard to choose. I guess you leaned on to your passion, I would think, yeah. and to what you're yeah. doing today. But going back into past, just a tiny bit on what you're saying about remittance and being in Turkey and having that, yeah. that's that's kind of what I saw. And fast forward six years later, I, don't, I haven't seen a solution, although I see that yes. it will happen one day when jurisdiction allows. And I'll give you a personal example. My cousin's in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, he, he had to buy a part for his, uh, his, his chiropractic bed, but the manufacturer is in the United States. And all of that took a lot of time for, you know, the process payment and whatnot. And it was a lot of fees. And um, I thought, you know, crypto would solve it at six years later at this stage, but it hasn't even budged, I would, I, I feel, um, because just so many different layers of just so true. pumps. So do you, I, mean, I don't see that happening with, you know, different avenues like the one you're working on today. So let's talk more about that. That seems more exciting. And, and do we see people adopting uh, or, you know, not even adopting, um, are we solving a lot of problems that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in the Web2 aspect of things with Calder? Yeah, definitely. And on the remittances note to like, it's so true. Like I would still say like, I got in space to solve the international economic, like monetary transaction and like kind of the corridors of international monetary, like Swift's like problem. But as you said, it's regulatory, it's political. Like I have no doubt that in the future, like we will use blockchain as the right infrastructure, not like crypto or like over liquidity of these assets. Like blockchain has the right like remittance infrastructure because just like bare basics, like similar to your example, we are talking with like one of the biggest like air, like airline like conglomerates and like when we were doing research, we realized like these airlines pay $20 billion in credit card fees hmm. like in a wow. year. And like, think about that. And like, they've spent two months for the settlement of that transaction. And I'm not saying like blockchain is going to take over the credit card industry. It's just that credit card, like, will basically adopt these technologies to majorly like decrease their costs. And I think it will be just like more integrated in enterprise layer. And to come up to your uh, question around the real use cases with Calder too, that's how we got into this ecosystem too. Like, what we have seen at OpenSea and like Kevin at Compound is that um, a lot of enterprises like brands, like retailers and D2C brands were coming to us while we were like building in NFT and tokenomics, like industry, like, re- like verticals to ask us like, um, how do I like leverage crypto? How do I u- use NFTs? But then these pave our way into understanding that brands are not coming to us for like one of collectibles. 
they do have real problems where they're in this crisis and rebirth of marketing and retention. Mm-hmm. So right now with walled gardens of Facebook, Twitter, and now Reddit with the news, like we are seeing that like as like as these social networks increase their costs, brands want to retain and keep their customer by giving them more. Mm-hmm. And existing loyalty tools only give you discounts. Like nobody even claims those 10% offs anymore. And what Calder does is like with the hypothesis of turning customers into community and co-creators, we essentially help brands to turn any experience into a gamified and tokenized engagement. So let's say you want your brands to refer each, your customer to refer someone to you or share you on social media or collaborate with another brand. These are couple click essentially experiences that you can launch under your own member portal with Calder. And the two second part is the API part. So we plug in our loyalty bridge to every brand so that let's say one day, uh, like uh, Nike wants to partner with Saks Fifth Avenue and they actually sell in each other's retailer, but they don't have the right data pipeline and loyalty reward pipeline where you can spend Nike rewards in Saks or the other way. And this normally takes with American Express or MasterCard six months to a year. Mm. But with Calder, this is one click. So we use blockchain as a shared standard so that you can spend Godiva and Starbucks in the future. And how our tokenomics work is that it's not liquid. It's like not even a token. It's a point system. But we use the shared standard of blockchain so that um, when Godiva, let's say, wants to partner with Starbucks one day, they can invite each other through Calder and be interoperable from click one. And that's how our customers use us. Couple features include like one pillar is interactive engagement. Of course, the contributor and quests. We have seen great applications of this in crypto and the consumer layer already, but enterprise didn't see it yet. The second layer is data for first party collection, data collection. The third is interoperability. How can I spend my like, um, Godiva rewards and Starbucks. Um, and these are all just like examples. Um, and the like, um, just like tentative examples, guys. And then fourth one is like, um, treasury management. Like we, since we have all this data, like we can give you recommendations with our like talk reward economics saying, look, like this should be your recommended exchange. We can recalibrate your payout rate. So overall, we can decrease your loyalty reward liabilities by X percent. So those are like the four pillars we work with brands. And in fact, like since our end customers are normally brands customers, we did a new survey where 75% of the end customer doesn't even know their own chain, which is where we want to get at. Wow. So there are inherent, I wouldn't say problems, but inefficiencies that can be solved yeah. with blockchain and Calder and definitely in my life, not even on Web3, yeah. I, I'm in so many loyalty programs that I utilize. I paid yeah. for my entire honeymoon with points. And you touched yeah. upon it, like from Amazon, you know, translating yeah. over to an airline. Like those, yeah. there's like intricacies that I'm not aware of that. I'm sure that there's a yeah. lot, of, lot of things that you can help with. And one thing that I loved about Web3 and why I'm personally in Web3 is I actually feel like a part of these big brands, anywhere from the small garage NFT project uh, now to Starbucks, <laughs> you know, yeah. where they're doing some really unique things there. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, tell us about the creator side of it. I, I know that that's one aspect of your business also. Is, yeah. is it creators or is that, or, or um, is that, am I saying that wrong? 
No, that's definitely right. Like I would say like we have very different applications of our um, like tools right now. So like uh, we're about to launch like a media companies, like a Web3 media companies influencer program okay. where they ha- they have an invite only like program where they're actually going to share their revenue that they earn from like different agencies with the community through our like loyalty technology where like essentially the smart contract will give them the x percentage of the like pr releases uh, as they share more about the brand or the like current quest so and we also have the second layer of like essentially building creator memberships for creators themselves because um calder is right now invite only but we are very responsive with our emails and the moment you request a demo You have me as your service where we help you set up your membership uh, quest and loyalty experience. And we do partner with like um, enterprises that work with creators as well. So that our goal is that you have a deeper relationship with your fans, either as a brand or a media company or a creator. And they turn to be your true influencers, true co-creators and true customers because the thesis applies to everyone. It's that if you only keep selling people things, they're going to stop buying. But if you actually engage them emotionally and give them rewards as well back, they're going to be stakeholders to your brand. Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone today and even well, the generation before me, I'm a little bit older than a lot of people are all thinking that first. They're creators first, whether it be in gaming or even in their everyday lives. A lot of people make their livelihood through through live streaming. So I'm a bit out of touch because I I did grow my YouTube channel and I would love to, you know, utilize Web3 in a a way to help, you know, just uh, um, progress the technology. So yeah, it's very interesting to see where you know, the solutions are and, and how we can make, you know, just uh, move I the need a little bit in terms of interaction. I would love that. Yeah. And I think you're right in the meta level too. Like we see like, um, we see this genuine interest where like we have not even done like outbound sales yet about whenever we talk to people, we see this genuine interest where like I have this community, but I have this like top down engagement with them. Why is it not bi-directional? Why can't I own this experience? And this thing is like, Calder doesn't own this experience. It's all under your domain, your membership club, your experiences so that you can cross sell, cross engage and just earn more and that we can just be the um, infrastructure that enables you. And it's in, like interesting, like we also have seen so many demands like um, from DJs, like podcast communities, mm-hmm. artist communities. So we really see this being like where you can go and like build your own world and, and like invite your like customers and community members too. And there's so much way to go there too. But right now we do just have our fully self-sourced CRM where you can add your experiences, add your membership tiers, make them paid or unpaid and fully plug it in under your domain. I see. Yeah. What, I'm thinking of one of the current Web3, I want to say loyalty platforms that I use, but one that I use a lot, I'm actually using right now, you're on it right now, it's Brave Browser. And yeah, I'm not sure if you looked into them. I mean, I started using them three, four years ago, even before NFTs came out. And I've been the most loyal to them. And I bring this up because are there any learning lessons there? They're, they're paying. I've cashed a lot of money out of the Brave browser yeah. and they help protect my interests. Like, are there any learning lessons there? Uh, I asked you because you're an expert in that space. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm curious, like how, like, um, how did you like earn or like engage with Brave in that like loyal customer aspect, or you would want to more? Is the yeah. yeah. Well, they had my interest in mind where they just blocked ads, and, and to your yes. point, I don't know how to pay me. I think I think individuals can accept ads for more payment. I didn't accept any ads for more payments. I think I just got a small piece of the overall ecosystem for utilizing yeah. the platform. But yeah. it's the it's the only use case that I've seen that I've been personally for me that I've been using for years that's actually benefited me. Yeah, I can see the actual return. Uh, and I, I think it's working for the advertisers, but that's where you come in and, and yeah. you can probably see that more than me. Yeah, I, I understand uh, what you mean now. Like I use Brave too. And like, I think like, uh, what I have seen, like that's mm, making you loyal customer and I at the same time <laughs> and ties back to Cowlish thesis very well is like we're literally making passive income or like kind of making um, essentially a value by being a value add and a stakeholder. Like we are a stakeholder to the ecosystem and like Brave has the right rewarding mechanism. And I think even on top of that, like I would say like I am open to or add like uh, tokenizing my data or like monetizing it. I think that's like one of the theses where like customers should own and be able to monetize their data and Brave is a good MVP, but they will be able to build on top of this. Like yeah. I think they will be able to build a layer of more lo loyalty when like we can see the quests or like experiences where I have the chance to monetize my data even more. Mm. And Brave takes a cut of that or like Brave like makes money out of that. Like it's in interesting because the media loyalty company we're going to work with is doing a similar thing where like these influencers are sharing and like essentially adding value to the media platforms impressions. But they're doing it because they're actually getting money, like value out of that too. And they're a true stakeholder in a more passive way. And that's like similar to Brave. Yeah, can you give us insight into that? I mean, if you can, I know yeah. we have partnerships with Les Benjamins and probably some others. What's like yeah. one of the most interesting visions for you uh, or yeah. things that you wish to happen maybe? I love it. Yeah. So I think the media company, like uh, we can like, uh, and like there's Benjamin's, I would love to give insights. The media companies like Blockster, we're actually going live with the waitlist for invite only influencer waitlist uh, on when next Wednesday, June 28th. And what's interesting there is like, um, Blockster already has a great like audience and a lot of influencers that will be spearheading the invitations. But like what Blockster is trying to do there is democratize and transform influencer economy with ownership economy. So what this means is like right now we're paying influencers very top down. They don't have like like growing equity or interest like or like share with the more impressions they bring to your network. And they are like uh, maybe um, like uh, you like leverage them, but you don't like co-create or have give them a stake. So mm -hmm. what Blockster does, right, is that essentially turn those like uh, influencers into stakeholders where as the PR firms like or like agencies pay more to um, Blockster, it goes into this open pool where it's a transparent pool mm -hmm. where everything is like open in the sense that you see the percentage that Blockster gets or the tech fee gets and then the majority fee goes to influencers and that it's like essentially fully like democratize that it's like distributed based on uh, contributions of influencers as well so that's one that i'm really excited about i think 
Blockster with that application will really redefine what the future of ownership, like influence the economy and creator economy is with ownership. And I think in Web3, we haven't just seen that yet, right? Like influencers are still used, like with paid, like top down without getting being a stakeholder. And the second part with Les Benjamins is like the enterprise demand we are getting. So Les Benjamins is a very strong streetwear brand with a cult-like following. Mm -hmm. And the reason they came to us was like, Essentially, they have this cult-like following, but they don't have the tools to activate it beyond transactions. And if you want more point-of-sale transactions on your e-commerce store, you need to engage your customers more. So what Les Benjamins did with us, and right now we see like 83% share rates on them. They're like a crazy, like impressive rates where um, like essentially they invited what, like some of their top users to uh, join the uh, membership like for free and the membership is free, but like essentially under like behind the membership, you get the contributor and experiences to be part of LB pass. You get early members only products, uh, product testing, share your moment on social media and get rewards, uh, do certain quests in real life stores, share your coffee cup from the LB store and many more. So it becomes this one stop home and shop for customers to turn into a community. And they do this through their CRM, fully self-serve, just set their experiences from calendar and publish it on their members.lesbenjamins.com. So those, and we have very exciting case studies like and launches coming with one like a major like gaming company, like integrating our uh, loyalty API for um, sports fan engagement. We have a major CPG company rolling out very soon to essentially turn customers into a community again. And we have like luxury retail and a lot of e-commerce brands rolling their pilots that we will slowly but surely like publicize the case studies. Mm. Yeah, lots of exciting verticals that you're working on. Yeah, that's really, really cool. I'm thinking about applications for each one because I've been through the YouTube, you know, creator economy system and I saw you know, kind of like the behind the belly of what they're working on. And yeah, just seeing how that can help with creators because, you know, it's a, it's a big creative economy now. And with streetwear, yeah. I have so many, you know, fashion types of NFTs where I've gotten physical yeah. goods. I'm actually excited for it personally. I have a lot of, I've never had clothes with um, NFT tags on it before, near future yeah. communication chips. And just seeing how loyalty, you know, can be built out in that way is really yeah. interesting. Like, for example, I'm uh, one of the Starbucks uh, they call it journeys, experiences. Yeah. I just talk about experiences a lot. It's actually going into a Starbucks and scanning one of their coffee things and you earn an NFT through that. I imagine the time when luxury fashion wear or street wear will have their tags and yeah. you know you interact with you know whatever mechanism it is out there in the real world and they'll, yeah. they'll provide more loyalty for you. I'll be wearing a lot different clothes than, you know, than the regular t-shirt. <laughs> I'll be a walking billboard is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so interesting, yeah. Yeah. Because like, essentially, like, we should have the power to be stakeholders to what we are wearing too. And then it's like, I think we are getting there. You're right. And so cool that you're, you're already part of the Starbucks journeys, right? Like, we, like I, I love what they have spearhead. And I really think like, loyalty and like this type of experience like a ecosystem of interoperable loyalty and interactive loyalty is so new that any company that comes in it 
and any like um, like kind of like uh, tech provider comes in it too, it's a net positive for the ecosystem because like we're not competing right now. We're like literally trying to build a category defined product. So we need just more case studies, more brands doing it to really like basically build like and like cross the chasm where the customer is used to it too. Like I'm not wearing anything digital yet, but I'm ready for it. Mm. Yeah, I'm, def- I'm excited because I've definitely seen a big move in this environment. Yeah. Uh, Nike just launched, you know, with Fortnite just two days yes. ago. LV dropped their $39,000 bag. Yeah, like, there's so much happening that I'm excited for you. You know, I think there's Thank a lot you. of opportunities, you know, that, especially within the space that you're working to be creative and, and just, yeah. you know, be in a mix of just everything exciting at uh, it's a little bit better. I wouldn't say more exciting than, than working on remittance payments, but, you know, <laughs> it's definitely a little bit different than, than that, right? Very different. Yeah, and I think, like, we do see Cal in the future. Like, like right now, one of the reasons, like, brands love us and use us is, like, you essentially can accept or, like, um, transact rewards points without any point-of-sale integration needed. Like, just use our Apple Wallet integration, tap, claim rewards, no iPad needed, just scan people's QR codes Well, that are tagged to their NFTs from their like uh, CRM. And we really see that the future of payments and the future of reward management will be wallet to wallet too. And Calder's S-curve can really go there. But on the side too, like I always like, there's nothing else I would want to work um, like than Calder, but as definitely like remittances and the payments like industry, like, is something that I always will have my eyes on just because like it was the core reason I got into crypto, like as a like Turkish woman coming into the industry and I will never forget those experiences. And I think it still inspires me every day on how we built Calder to be a universal loyalty reward management system. That's awesome. Tell yeah. us with, with what's, I mean, I'm sure we touched on a lot of it already, but what's next for you guys? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I think for us, we are like uh, right now, like at six, like live customers. And we really think, like you said, Joe, like um, we are seeing the demand from enterprise to change their retention and loyalty and reward payment strategy because it's a broken system. And we really want to own the narrative and the technology to be able to do that. So right now, the goal is that um, how do we focus on growth? Like what's the next 10 customers and ecosystem partners we should onboard in retail, travel, like Web3, so that we can give them our API or brand agencies. We can give them our API, dev tools or white label tools so they can bootstrap their loyalty and membership and contribute to our experiences and fast forward, iterate and give us feedback and we can prioritize. We are very hungry for founding our ideal customer persona and of course, product market fit. I would say, yes, we are talking about these, um, like we're in the right radius talking about this, but everyone knows loyalty is very early and the next four years is where we will define it. So we are hyper-focused on finding that right feature set, right customer persona while like, being 24 seven, like customer aligned. Like if there's a 5 a.m. call coming from my customer in Europe, I will take it. Like we are every, like in that sense, like we will like be hungry and hustling. Um, And we are a team of 12 now, like fully engineering, but uh, it's like on me to, of course, like be here with you and be very excited to just like tell the world that like 
Calder would love to, Calder is excited to build the community and brand and create and community partners around you. So please reach out in any case. Like we are always open in DMs, hello at calder.xyz to get the right like ecosystem or get even the right feedback. And yeah, for us, the focus is growth. Well, well, personally, I would, on behalf of the Web3 community, would like to thank you for helping to push, you know, Web3 forward with thank what you. you're doing with, with, with bringing these companies on board and changing their loyalty programs. I'm excited, you know, to see that happen and, and reap the yeah. benefits myself, you know, because we know yeah. Web3, we can all be somewhat of a part owner there. So yeah. definitely would love to have you back here to talk about all the exciting things that will happen, you. you know, things happen so fast here. And uh, for those of you guys who have not checked out Calder, I'll put all the links down below on how to connect with you. And it's been amazing. Thank you for coming yeah. on. Yeah, great to chat, Joe. And thank you for having us. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Bye.